Straight from the Soul Slam Studios in Makati City, Philippines, this is Life Bet, a show hosted by Antonio Aguirre Jr. Join his journey of entrepreneurship, growing up, friendship, basketball, and everything else around it. He's going to be sharing his personal experiences together with the amazing people he's met along the way. This is his journey, and these are the cards he was dealt with. This is Life Bet. Let's go. You've been part of like the the national team. No. In the, were you so invited to, to play before? I have been, but uh, that was like earlier in my years when I first got here and I was playing at Ateneo. Mm. Um, so I had a couple calls and, and workouts, but actually what happened at that time was when they were establishing the FIBA rule right. that you had to have your passport before the age yeah. 16. Okay. And I got mine at 20. 20. So yeah. uh, unfortunately, I was never able to make the official lineup. I would love to. It'd be an honor. It'd be an honor for you. But um, you know, at this point in my career, I've, I've accepted it. That uh, now I'm I'm leading towards my prime. So my only focus now is to uh, dominate the league that I'm in, which is the right. PBA. Right. So um, you know, that's my only goal is to come out and and try to be the best in the PBA that I can be. And you, um, you want to win a lot, a lot of championships. I want to win championships, <laughs> and now I'm at that point where you know I want to be able to. Uh, solidify my my name in, in the PBA and just right. be like, hey, you know, Chris Newsome, greats. Even if yeah, he's one of the greats. He he's a, definitely a hooper. Maybe he didn't win championships, and maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. Who knows? I haven't had any yet. Right. But the one thing that they will know is that I worked really really hard. Right. You know, so you ask all my teammates, you know, who's there, who's working, who's showing up every day, they'll they'll tell you. Speaking, speaking of teammates, like who who do you think it's like one of your, your closest friends on 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 your team mm. or in just in PBA? Uh, well, definitely I would say Cliff Hodge is one guy that okay. um, cool. I'm close to. He's a Philam. Philam, okay. Yeah, just because he came. I mean, um, he was there when I got drafted. And oh, he was ahead of you. Yeah. Okay. So he was already there, and you know he kind of taught me everything. Um, you know, Jimmy Alifog is actually one of my mentors. Mm -hmm. That's somebody I looked up to for a long time, and I have a lot of history with him. Um, so he actually took me under his wing because he was at Moralfa actually at the right. time that I got drafted, which yeah, is yeah. crazy story in itself. I know, yeah. Um, he moved to Moralfa, yeah. Yeah, so he took me under his wing and kind of showed me the ropes of PBA, but at the same time, it wasn't anything new because when I was in Ateneo, Jimmy was on Talking Text and they practiced in Moral Gym. So. At the same time, I would I felt comfortable because it's kind of like I was always, you know, sitting in sitting behind close, him, close to him. Yeah. yeah, I was just always watching him and, and watching how he talked nice. and, and how he approached the game and things like that. So by the time I got to the PBA and then we were teammates, I was like, oh, this is like <laughs> this is cool. But at the same time, it's like no surprise that we both uh, kind of clicked that way. And um, so ever since then, I just kind of stayed focused on that. I hit him up for advice, Jimmy, a lot. Um, other guys on my team, like I said, right now, Hook yeah. you know, he's one of our older veteran guys yeah. that uh, even when I came in as a rookie, he was like, hey, you're really good. You know, this is what I see you get to work on. You know, uh, you're you're good, but you're moving too fast. You should slow down a little bit. Slow <laughs> so down the game. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, okay. And I'll listen. And <laughs> he'll actually take the time to help me, like, understand and develop the game and, and what he sees. And, um, you know, having guys like that, it helps more than than people know because the PBA yeah. can be so competitive that sometimes right. people will hold out on you just because 
you know, maybe they're taking their spot or, yeah. you know, they're the ones that are, are trying to get a contract extension. And, and, and I think that mentorship is something that you apply also in, in, in work and in life. Yeah. Like, you know, in life you have to get like a life mentor yeah. that you can, you know, talk to and, you know, just give you advice mm-hmm. or just listen to you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's someone that gives you uh, feedback, not just positive feedback, but, you know, everything and feedback, right. whatever it is that they see on you, like right. your strengths, your weaknesses, you know, opportunities for for improvement mm-hmm. and things to look out for, mm-hmm. you know, something you can be better at, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, someone that can teach you through their experience. Yeah, I was talking Regardless about if it's in sports or in business and in life, yeah. like I've, I've learned a lot of things that I know now because I've had so many mentors that I look up to. Yeah to this day yeah I was talking to um, you know some older people and it was their birthday the guy turned 62 and mm-hmm. I asked him I was like uh, I was like how old how old are you and then he was just like I'm 62 but I like to measure life in life's experiences right and that was an answer I'd never heard before right yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like how do you it's your birthday yet you're saying you know I measure life through life's experiences right so in a in a sense he's like completely right. It's not about your age. It's about how many things you experience. And right. you can be twenty one really? years old and you can experience so much that so much, somebody yeah. that's eighty hasn't even experienced For or, sure. or never will. For sure. And uh that kinda opened my eyes and uh you're right, like the there's those mentors that have all those experiences and, and you know, maybe they're young, maybe they're old, but yeah. you know, you can never turn down somebody that has experience in life and and they have uh, and them sharing that experience with you is actually something that'll uh, that people could take for granted but it's also something that if you don't take it for granted and you actually listen and apply it could you know take your career in a completely for different sure. way that for sure you know, I mean just a little advice from like you know a champion like Jimmy Alapag mm-hmm. who go a long long way mm-hmm. for sure like a simple adjustment like you know, your mechanics or you just your mental thinking like yeah. for for a situation how to handle things like yes. how to handle things like because he's gone through so much adversity yeah for sure and him being a philam as well mm-hmm. you know like you've experienced so many things differently when you were in the states versus when you're here as a, as a philam correct right yeah there's a lot uh the, the culture is just different honestly uh how programs are in the states is different you know your coach's mentality and, and how they establish a team is completely different than how it is here um yeah i'd say different's the best way to say right uh it's not necessarily right or it's not necessarily wrong it's just different yeah um so you're adapted to what the situation is yeah but in my opinion um i i'm very thankful for the mindset that i had growing up because that's what made me who i am but i also see that there's other ways to get it there's other ways to get that same mindset um, but it would have to come through a different, you know, pattern, a different path. Yeah. And um, that's one thing that I've, I've learned here in the Philippines is that, you know, there's there's me who, ha- if you if you ask me to compete, I'll go out mm-hmm. there and compete, right? But then you also got, you know, like my teammate, Basera Mayor, he's very, very nice, you know. You know, he doesn't like to harm people. He doesn't <laughs> like to, you know, he's just extra, extra nice. But then at the same time, you know he's so friendly and sometimes it can take over on the court 
that he's like overly friendly and you know as the friendly goes right by him and it's like <laughs> so then you know the competitive uh, competitiveness in me is like hey like come on you can't let him do that but at the same time I know him now as a teammate I know that I can't get on him in that manner I can't be like hey you know what are you doing you're letting your guy I'm like, <laughs> I'm like but sir like uh, you, you, you treat them differently. Yeah, you have to like get through them differently. You have to it. level with them. Yeah. Yeah. So at the at that time, I'm like, uh, if if it's a if it's a confidence thing, I'm like, hey, Sarah, it's okay. I know you you work hard. You'll make the next one, <laughs> rather than you know me going out. I'm like, hey, you gotta make that. Yeah. Like in the states, that's kind of how people talk. Like, right. hey, yeah. If I give it to you, you better make it like right. that. Or it's you can't have that approach. I know. I know. So in the same thing, or in the same regard, like I'm giving him the same power, but just in a different. You have to word it differently. Yeah, like the the end message is the same. Yes. It's just the delivery. The is delivery, different. correct. Like yeah. how, how you say yeah. go get it versus yeah. go get it. Yeah. It's different. It's different. Right. But at the end, it means the same thing. It's, it yeah. means the same thing. Yep. It's just delivery is so much different. That's why I like having you know normal conversation like direct uh, physical conversation with people like mm-hmm. like you right now mm-hmm. is because you can really react to what you're actually saying. Yeah. Versus to someone over the phone yeah, and yeah, reacting yeah, to yeah. that, right? And I don't understand why some people wanted this show to be on on YouTube. Yeah. Like I didn't want to record it, but I had to just because so many people are requesting. Yeah, and, and that makes them feel like they're actually here inside, inside, yeah, inside right, and that yeah. they're they're sitting down with us. Right. And, you know, they can they can't say anything, or right. maybe they'll leave a comment. But yeah. at the same time, you know, they're still here on this conversation, which is. Cool for all you guys that are watching. That's <laughs> yeah, awesome. Talk, you mentioned that you're you're an audio guy. Yeah. Tell me, tell me about that. Sure. Uh, so actually, when I was in college in the states, I was into media arts, uh, media okay. production, right? Right. And that's video and audio. Um, but I fell in love more with the audio aspect of of um, of production. So I decided to go into uh, into that more, pursue that mm-hmm. more. Which led me into music production, which music. led me into yeah, uh, like I loved composing beats and, and making beats and things like that. Have you, have you had any music out? Out, I've had like a couple things that were out. I had a couple things on SoundCloud. Uh, I was gonna start doing things on Apple Music and Spotify and, and things Yo, like that. Yo, if, if you're making music, <laughs> I gotta hook up with a few friends of mine. Okay. That are in the local music scene, okay. like DJ Stilo, the one that made the intro for this, uh, for the Life Deck show. Uh-huh. He makes beats nice. for a lot of uh, people here in the community, okay. and you know, if it's about you know getting music out there, there's so many people we can we can work with when it nice. comes to doing music. If it's something that you like doing, it's something that I enjoy for sure. I always um, picture myself as like a behind the scenes type of guy. Mm-hmm. Like like I said, I like uh, producing the beats. I like the process of making right. a, like composing a song like from nothing. Like Damien Lillard throws up nice bars. Right. <laughs> right. Um, but even then, like I wouldn't want to be the artist. Like I would love to make produce a beat, maybe have like lyrics that I wrote. But have somebody else sing it, right. and then once it goes on the radio, it's like, dang, that's crazy, right. like, that's cool. So I'm that type of person. Yeah. Okay, um, there's so many artists that I know that you could you could work with for sure. Awesome. There's so many Filipino artists that awesome. are looking for some to produce their beats right. because it comes with a price. Like one of my uh, guests for my sixth episode for season one was um, Mark Beats. Mm-hmm. and he's one of the most notable names when it comes to making beats. Okay. 
producing beats here in the Philippines nice. and he makes bank nice out of it mm. like that's yeah. just passion yeah that's, that's just through a computer that's a dream a piano man. that he's good at and yeah. he makes a lot of good beats that's a dream right uh, so yeah like I actually got into that um, I did it what was that since 2000 okay so I my whole music background like I grew up playing the drums in my church um, so I was a musician in my church at the time so I always had a musical background and then um, yeah as I went to college that's when I actually started learning how to play piano a bit I learned a wow. little bit of guitar um, and then piano I was piano itself is key for you to produce beats yes you know you have to, to use know. a piano and a guitar yeah you could produce so many great Correct. sounds but I think it. the um the most underrated aspect of my musical journey was the rendiments of music, which is understand the basic concepts of like what's a scale and, and mm. um, you know uh, how to use those scales and, and to make chords and how to make everything harmonize and make right. everything sound right. good. Because if you don't know that kind of stuff, like you might be able to hear it, but then uh, I feel like you'll, you're more likely to come up with a creator's block, right. which means like when you're trying to just come up with stuff out the top of your head, not necessarily will you have a lot of things right away right. whereas if you have a structure you're like okay I, I want to play a song in C uh, like C minor you're like okay these are the keys in C minor how can I manipulate the C minor keys to make something sound nice right. like that so you have a structure and then you can kind of be more uh, focused on what it is that you want to accomplish so understanding that opened up a lot of other possibilities and I was able to understand right. music a lot more I was under uh, it's a language in itself, so I was under to uh, I was able to understand it and and figure out how to put it in sequences on the computer, mm -hmm. and um, you know that's whenever I found out I was really good at it. Whenever I started making uh, you know beats and I started rapping on them for my own, mm -hmm. you know, because I wanted to see what it would sound like with sound a voice like, yeah. on it, the and, whole and I started production. you know doing it more and more and more. And to this day, you know, I find myself doing it in my free time. So that means that it's obviously something that, that you know, you I enjoy doing and right. it's kind of like a, a nice Is that something passion. you want to pursue after basketball? I would say yeah. I could tell you that off the top of my head, I think yeah. music is something you can definitely do together with basketball yeah. right now. The hard part about it is that, um, like for example, Damien, yeah, he's making like millions of dollars mm -hmm. and stuff like that and uh, you know, he's a little more stable in his situation whereas somebody like me, a PBA player, not necessarily, because um, you have these things, these stigmas that come with a PBA player. For example, if, uh, say I, I, I'm playing in a game and I release my, my album or whatever and I have my music out there, or even I do like a club appearance for my music, mm -hmm. um, you know, just because I want to, then I come up to my next game and I play bad and then all of a sudden, oh, Pete, because he has a new song. Oh, he was in the yeah, club. Oh, he, he was doing this. Last and night. Yeah, and it's like, okay, that's so many things that can come into play. And it's like, no, that's not true. But I just want to minimize that all. Like, just not even give it a chance um, because the PBA is my main, that is my main focus. So mm -hmm. I can't have other things that are uh, going to jeopardize that non, at any cost. Non-basketball related. Correct. So I figured it's better. It's in the best of interest for me not to enter the music industry now while I'm at the peak of and prime of my basketball right. career. 
However, I can do that behind the scenes. Like I can, there's no problem with me making a beat and giving it to someone like Keanu B or something like that, and like letting them do what what they want with it. Like I get complete satisfaction in that, and uh, that's something that I could do now. I I definitely could see that, but pursuing it, that takes a lot more time. Time. I understand what it takes to be a professional at something. Right. You know how many hours it takes. You understand that. Yes. The hours that you have to put in. And the fact that I can't dedicate all those hours that I want to, is what's uh, preventing me from taking the music industry and pushing it forward. Because you don't want to go half-hearted on it. Correct. You want to go full. I want to go full. full on it. So when the time is right, then I'll be able to right. kind of let all of that that energy and my passion yeah. come up uh, with it. Um, but, but at the same time, you're still honing your skills. Yeah, so at the same time, right? I'm still learning. Side. I'm still honing right? my skills. I'm still doing like little projects here and there. Um, but... Yeah, I'm doing what what's best for my overall career. Correct. And I understand that uh, the the music aspect, I can always bring that up. It doesn't. My body, my physical body, doesn't have to be in uh, you know prime shape as for far sure. as uh, you know being able to lift a yeah. certain amount of weights or run for a certain amount of time in order for me to make music. No, yeah. like that, it doesn't take that. No, so. it's a different requirement of skills. Exactly. <laughs> so that's something I understand. I can put off now. Okay. Um, but in the meantime, I DJ. <laughs> I do DJ sometimes. I'll DJ at early night, uh, some other places. So that's, really? how, that's how I kind of quench that thirst for, uh, for music. For music. Okay. You know, so uh, I'd still do that. That's, it's, it's what nice. What night do you come out early night? Uh, sometimes Fridays, sometimes Saturdays. It depends on our practice schedule. <laughs> so it's like if we have uh, Saturday off, then I'll go Friday night. Friday night. Uh, if we have uh, like Sunday off, then I can do Saturday night. Okay. It depends, but... Um, management there is usually good with my schedule so okay. they're like hey we understand that if you have games or anything that you know we won't force you to come in but <laughs> it's been fun it's you know it's cool and the people that really know me whenever they see me up there DJing they're like hey you're gonna throw on the original <laughs> and I'm like no. nah not yet man. not yet not yet not so, really. Not really. Yeah, you haven't thrown on one out yet. No, not yet. But <laughs> I have some that are on deck that a lot of people. Uh, do, you, do you have a, a um, producer name or something? Not really. Uh, it's I just, just go by just your name. I just go by New actually. It, just it's by either, New. Yeah, it's either New New or New. Either New New or, or New. New. Yeah. So like New New was. Uh, basically, that was like my nickname growing up. Okay. Short for Newsome, right? <laughs> yeah. So the, everybody would just be like, hey, no, no, you know, like yeah. growing up. And then uh, as I got older, you know, I took out the other new and just kind of made it into new. So that's how well, much. Well, uh, that's why that's, that's on your shirt. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, how tall are you now? So I am 6'2. Did, did you have like a growth spurt in a certain age? Mm. Or no, it was. My freshman year in high school, I was 5'4". Oh. And my sophomore year, I was about 6 foot. Yo, that's cute. Yeah, that was a gross spurt there. And then... It's like 8. And then like from... 10 inches. Yeah, and then from my... From my freshman year to my senior year, I only grew about 2 inches. 2 inches. So I had a really big growth spurt. Yeah. I was a point guard... In right. middle school, like I was a point guard, bring the ball down, yeah. trying to be like Allen Iverson. So when you you reached six two, what position were you playing? You went, you I ended up playing like small forward. Small forward. Yeah, shooting guard, small forward. Small forward, small forward. Yeah, it just depend on what kind of lineup we wanted to do. <laughs> but in a you played point guard. I play point guard, shooting guard, small yes, forward, small actually. forward yeah. in positions. Yeah, but in uh, Athenaeum, I had to play power forward. Sometimes. Power forward. 
but it was all good. I, I took it to the best um, because it's like either way I'm on the court, you know, mm-hmm. like if I need to be point guard, I can be a point guard. If I need to be a shooting guard, I can be a shooting guard or right. a three or a four. You know, however, whatever I need to do to be on the court, I'll, I'll Depend, do it. It really depends on the needs. Like, yeah. even, like, me, when I play pickup game, like, I'm used to playing on, on the front of, of zones, like, yeah. one and two. Yeah. Then when we go smaller, I have, I'm forced to be, back like, line. back line, and yeah. I'm not, like, so used to it. Yeah. And versus when, when, when I become the tallest guy in that yeah. team, in the middle, yeah. and I hate the fact that I'm in the middle. It's, yeah. it's scary. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of people around. No, I get that, but... Um, like I said, like if you realize what situation you're in uh-huh. and you learn how to deal with it and uh, like right. we've been saying this whole episode, uh, if, if you learn how to adapt, then, you know, good things will happen. You know, if I didn't adapt my game to, to learn how to play power forward, then that restricts me. You know, I'm restricted. For sure. If you can't, For if sure. you don't know how to play the three position, then you're restricted to one and two. For sure. If you don't know how to play the point guard, then you're just restricted to a two. And it's like, okay, imagine just being a two and now you have this guy and then you're competing with a whole list of like four other players right. especially in the PBA right? right there's so many small guards so being as versatile as possible only gives you more opportunity and it only gives you more value right because like, how many I, other I, players like, can I do that I saw the story of like uh, Anthony Davis yeah like his growth for it was insane crazy it's like from 5 5'11 to yeah. like 6'9 yeah in the it, summer it, on summer yeah that's wild so he went from being point guard to being the center all of in one team. summer that that's was... why he has that skill set yeah right uh, Jokic too yeah Nikola Jokic yeah. he was a point guard and yeah. that's why he's playing like that as yeah. center I love that <laughs> I'm a Nuggets fan so you know, oh, you're a fan. Yeah. I'm a Wizards fan okay like that's I'm rare. A, since the 90s like when they were the Washington Bullets yeah that's rare yeah, yeah. Wow, that's it's, I know it's rare that's why it's hard for me to get Wizards stuff here like yeah. you know, and it's hard to be a Wizards fan now because of you know what happens to their team that's right. you know not doing so well right. you know, it's hard to stick with your team like you know, when you're seeing your team losing every season, mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. you've been there, like as a as a Nuggets fan, yeah. Nuggets fan, like you, yeah. that team sucked. Always getting knocked out the playoffs by the Lakers, right? <laughs> like it's frustrating. Like we're going to the playoffs, yeah, yeah, we're going deep, yeah, and you end up playing Shaq and Kobe like, in the first round, <laughs> first like, round. four games swept. Yeah, but I mean, I'm I'm loyal though. Yeah, I'm a little Nuggets. You fan. know. I want to talk about that very quickly. Like, in the Philippines, there is no team loyalty when it comes to, like, the NBA. In the PBA, yes. It's easy to say that. Like, Mm -hmm. in the NBA, it's different because most of the Philippines have not been in New York. Yes. In LA. Correct. Or any city over there. That's why they affiliate themselves with the players. Yeah. Because, for example, I like Kobe. You know, I'll follow Kobe if he moved to the Timberwolves, right? Right. right? Yeah, you know, right. I, I'll, I'll follow LeBron if he moved to the Magic. Yep. Like I don't care where, where he moves. Like that's why you know there people say that Filipinos are bandwagoners. Yeah. It's not true. Yeah. Uh, what's true is they they're loyal to the players the player. that they follow. You're right. No, you're 100 percent right. And um, you know, a lot of it comes down to it because obviously when you look at the teams, they're by city. Right, it's by city. It's by geographic. Why would I, you know, follow Charlotte? I've never been to Charlotte. I've never been to Charlotte. There's no attachment, right? There's no attachment. Right. That's uh, that's why I understand like fans are fans of a certain team because they're from there, their Mm -hmm. history. Like me, became a wizard, a Wizards fan just because 
I lived there from my first time in the in the states. I mm -hmm. lived with my aunt who's from from DC, mm -hmm. and that was the first thing I saw. I saw mm -hmm. Chris Webber mm -hmm. playing for 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 the for the Bullets together with Juwan Howard and Rod Strickland That's so dope. and all these guys. So that that was my team because I saw them like going pa pass by me mm -hmm. in front of me, and mm -hmm. I'm like you know five two as mm -hmm. a as a twelve year old. You see them passing by in front. It's like six eight, six nine. Yeah. So it's you know something different for me. It's, it's unforgettable, right? It's unforgettable. So you develop that, and yeah. then you know, even mm -hmm. if I don't go there, usually I'm more in San Diego because mm -hmm. of my sister. She lives in San Diego, mm -hmm. and there's no team in San Diego. Yeah, so it's LA. So I always have uh, a f uh, a heart always for the Wizards. Yeah. I, you know, it's rare, like me. Like you know, I have friends who are fans of. Uh, Phoenix Suns, for example, yeah. because they stay there, right? Houston yeah, yeah, Rockets, yeah. because they're from there. Yeah. No, but most Filipinos, and I wanna, like, you know, they're really not bandwagoners. Like, sure, of course, they're gonna, there's gonna be like, you know, Golden State Warrior fans mm -hmm. from 2015, mm -hmm. <laughs> because you know they've achieved a lot. Yeah. Because the media perceives, uh, perception is that you know, people are gonna see them, like, with all all that. Uh, um, uh, exposure yeah. for the players, yeah. you know, but you know, you know that you know uh, Steph Curry is there, Clay, yeah. and all these players. Yeah. But you know, you don't realize there's other players like Kemba Walker was from from Charlotte. You don't even know him, yeah. but he could probably be better than Clay, for example. Just yeah. for example, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's just the exposure. It's market. It's a market. Yeah. You would imagine, like even in the '90s here in the Philippines, where in we didn't have cable yet. The first time I saw an NBA game was every Saturday at three three in the afternoon, and it was taped already, and it was just you know a replay a replay yeah. of an earlier game. It's like I was always watching the game of the week. It was Kenito Henson. That's it was crazy. Game. It was just one game. It was just G I think GMA seven, and I always watched before we went out to play basketball in the street. Like we had a half court in our in our in our village. Everyone was in their house because they have to watch the game of the week, and after that, it was NBA action. Mm. NBA action. We always wanted to wait for the top ten plays of the week, mm. and then we would go out like four thirty in the afternoon because it wasn't so hot anymore. We would play until like seven That's p.m. So cool. <laughs> you know, that was, that That's was how it was before. Yeah. Like so, you know, you only, you only waited for one game, and it was just between two teams. So mm -hmm. you only knew two teams, and most likely it was at that time in the nineties was Chicago Bulls. Pistons, Lakers, all the Celtics. pop, like yeah. the winners. They yeah. we didn't know about the Nuggets, yeah, for or, sure. <laughs> or when the Timberwolves were an expansion team. Yeah, they, for sure. We didn't see any games. Yeah, and we we had cable. That's when I started learning about you know other teams as well. Yeah, and I started collecting basketball cards. Yeah, so I had a collection of basketball cards from nineteen ninety two onwards to about nineteen ninety nine. So, so that's when there was a time where I knew every player in the NBA. Yeah. Like, like my friends would would test me like they would cover the the name and just show the face of the player on the Fleer basketball card I was like oh yeah that Frank that's Frank Bukowski play he's playing for the Milwaukee Bucks oh that's uh, Chris Dudley he's like I'm talking about like 12 13 men off the bench that's players crazy. that's crazy that's cool man like, uh, who's your <laughs> NBA idol uh I, I I would say I have a lot uh, growing up it's weird it's mostly point guards my first favorite player back then was Jason Kidd okay just just because of you know his court awareness and yeah. vision like, yeah 
Like that's why I'm, I wear the number five or number thirty-two yeah, okay. on my jersey if I play basketball. Yeah. Um, and then I I was like um, I had this player that I followed to uh, Terrell Brandon mm-hmm. from from Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Well, he was from Cleveland and played with the, the Timberwolves too. Uh, and also one new player that I I collected all his cards was Eric Murdoch, and he was just a starter for the Milwaukee Bucks. He was not even he's like you know like average, like he averaged. But you like, had all his cards. Like I had all his cards. He didn't have any special inserts or yeah, anything. Yeah. Like I collected just it's weird. I have yeah. that kind of thing for 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 point guards. In That's the, cool. Yeah. But I, I had a huge David Robinson collection back then. Oh, okay, yeah. He was, yeah. He was a man. And I had Kobe collections. But yeah, it it was all about Jason Kidd. And up to now, like, I have, like, I collected uh, Rajan Rondo's basketball cards. Mm. I was a huge fan of him. Yeah, mine's uh, AI. AI. Um, yeah, growing yeah. up, that was, that was, like, the time yeah, he that signed he was, that. Like, no way. Yeah, those shoes... When he was here in 2014, like, look back there. No way. He signed those. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, get him. Yeah. He signed those. What? He played jerseys. My jersey. Uh, Bro. Yeah. So, I had a chance to, to meet him back in 2014 when he went here. And he's wearing a Switzerland hat all the way up. Bro. This whole trip. Yeah. My 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 partner for Switzerland, Ira, who... He calls Iverson his Michael Jordan, because Michael Jordan is Michael Jordan. His Michael Jordan is Allen Iverson because of the effect he had for the game. Oh, so different. His his crossover was just different from like Isaiah Thomas, right? You know, yeah, it's way different. was he was inside. He yeah. was way outside with his yeah. dribble. That was crazy. He had the football jukes. They call him jukes. Jukes. Oh, okay. Because he he played really well in American. Yeah. Football, right? Yep. He played... Yeah, he was a beast. He was actually better in football than basketball. Really? Mm-hmm. And he was MVP. And he was the MVP. <laughs> Dude, this is unbelievable <laughs> right now. Yeah. Like, this is like... Wow. That's so cool. Like, uh, I... Both I, of them, too. Yeah. Like, uh, AI is so gangster. Like, the way he just talks, his swagger, until now, it's just... <laughs> like this is, this is my favorite shoe ever on the planet. Really? Yes. <laughs> and you have it right here. The answer. Autograph. <laughs> I'm jealous. <laughs> well, he was here 2014. Um, yeah. So he, he was here. Let's <laughs> go. Yeah, I do remember that. Cheryl brought him, didn't she? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, rest in peace. Rest in peace. Yeah. yeah. Well, hold on. Let me get this. Okay, sorry. Let's just change battery for you. But yeah, um, Cheryl was the one who brought him here. Mm-hmm. And um, he, she actually told him, like, okay, I know you're wearing Reebok, but I want you to wear this hat. It's from a friend of mine. His name is Antonio. He owns this brand. It's like, I'm going to wear that. He's paying me, you know. No, he's not, but he's helping out with in terms of promotion of what you want to do here in the Philippines. Like, okay, mm-hmm. that's cool. So he, he wore the hat for three days. And there was a, a part uh, where he was interviewed, like, like his, uh, and it, it came out on ESPN again because mm-hmm. he talked about practice again. Mm-hmm. It's like, like uh, would you ever consider playing, uh, being a coach here in the Philippines? Yeah. You know, it's like, 
no, I wanted why? Because we want to practice. <laughs> it was it, it was all over ESPN. Yeah. Was wearing that hat. It went yeah. viral yeah. back then. So it was so great. Like you know, um, that's dope. The, the 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 amount of attention we got after that after was that. just crazy. Yeah. Up, up to this power. day, I get to DM him yeah. using 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 our account, uh, Soul Slam, yeah. and that's why I we usually tag him when it's about him when we do like uh, old photos and videos. You yeah. know his swag, like his yeah. style and everything, yeah. like his highlights. Oh my god! <laughs> I hope he comes back. I think he 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 might. He's doing about he's talking about doing a tour. I'm not sure, but he uh, he was thinking about doing the big three. Oh yeah. Right, he yeah. was talking about doing big three, but he just he just said like basketball kind of left me already. Yeah, I like, get or that. I left basketball. Yeah, I like, get that. I, I hold basketball, but I I probably not play anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, that's it's probably my, yeah. It's, that's my idol, man. <laughs> if I I've actually went to one of um I met him once, but it was just as a kid in in a camp. And he did a camp. He did a camp in New Mexico <laughs> out of all places, right? Because uh, his teammate was Kenny Thomas. Okay, Sixers, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Kenny Thomas Sixers. is from yeah, Kenny Thomas is from New Mexico, and he did a all camp, right. and Alan Iverson came by and uh, stopped by for a camp once, and then I, that was like the chance. I was got there to anything meet him. that stood out from what he taught? No, he actually didn't teach anything. He just kind of went out there and you know just hung out. Hung out. He's signed. not a teacher type. No. No. He signed a few autographs, and it was on his own piece of paper. That's mm-hmm. why I, I, seeing this is just unbelievable. Yeah. Because he had a stack of, like, printer papers that were blank. Right. Wouldn't sign jerseys, wouldn't sign shoes, wouldn't sign posters or nothing. He was just paper. So, and then yeah. It out. But, I mean, it was still a cool experience. Like, when, before he signed this, like, he asked me, where are you going to put that? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm going to keep them. Yeah. Like, don't worry. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not giving it away or something. Yeah. Like, even the jersey, like. We're gonna put this. Yeah. And he was asking Ira where he's gonna, you know, put the jersey. Right. <laughs> and when the kid, uh, one of my assistants, uh, she asked for a selfie with him. It's like, I don't want a selfie. We already took a picture, good yeah. photo. Yeah. <laughs> he's like that. That's like, so funny. He's so funny. He seems like a cool guy, though. Yeah, like, he is. You just, he is. You just gotta like let him be. Right. Yeah, like, because yeah, yeah. that, that was his first night in the Philippines, so I, I, I would understand the hesitation I have. Yeah. But the, the second day he was here. He was playing with with the street children, okay. uh, and he actually taught basketball at the at the barangay wow. somewhere. I forgot the place, uh, but he taught kids how to you know uh, basics of of basketball. Like dribbling, and he took like a selfie that was uh, full of street children around him, just around him, wow. and 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 they say it was it was different because because that was not AI. Mm. And you know he kind of felt that connection to the the kids. Mm-hmm. It's rare. Mm-hmm. It's rare. And like, he actually went for it. Like his manager said, that that's oh. rare having that kind of photo of AI, mm. because he he's not that type. Like he he's not like too attached to a lot of people. Mm. So it means a lot to him mm-hmm. if if that's the case. Yeah, that's like cool. he hates doing selfies. That's cool. <laughs> he super hates like, selfies. Please come back, AI. Please. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. I hope so. I, I want to meet you. Like another person that I, I met through Cher was uh, Stefan Marbury. Marbury. Okay, yeah. Like he was, uh, that guy is in a teaching mode. Yeah. Like when he was here doing camps twice, I think, uh, he was doing camps and he was all about mechanics. Mm-hmm. Like his crossover is nasty too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. him, AI, him and AI were in, always in the conversations. Yeah. 
right in the early two yeah. thousand. I'm sure you growing up yeah. s- saw saw their battles as yeah, well, right? Um, yeah, they were yeah. teammates in all star yeah. games, like when when Steph was in New Jersey and AI yeah, was Philly. with Philly. Yeah. Another one I used to watch was uh, Steve Francis. Oh, the he's, franchise. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, great, that's another man. guy that didn't practice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he actually. didn't practice. He was yeah. he was great for about ten years. Yeah, then he just because yeah. uh, the younger guys started to come in. Man, the younger guys were more talented. Right. He didn't really have like a great jump shot. Yeah, but he relied on his athletic ability a lot. So and he was teamed up with Yao Ming. Mm-hmm. They had a good squad. Yao, Katina, Mobley. Uh, T Mac was not there yet. No, no, no. But I consider T Mac as one of the most devastating scorers of all time. He's wild, man. I love. <laughs> I just hate that. He was actually another one of my NBA idols. Right. Up. I had to have all his shoes and like, stuff. That was what I defined him for his game. Like mm-hmm. one of the most devastating scorers yeah, crazy. the game has ever had. Crazy. <laughs> if any, if he did not get injured, bro. Yeah, he, he didn't pay it. He was another example too of not paying atta- attention to his body. Yeah, the mechanics in the off season. Yeah. Like he was always like partying with these boys too, right? Yeah, he was just naturally gifted, man. Yeah, and he was okay with that. You know, when you earn millions and millions of dollars, it's hard to like deny that. You, you your mentality is probably so different. Like, right? You know, like my body as is is giving me millions. Why does it have to be better in that sense? Right. Were, were there any NBA players you, you had communication with? Um, had a chance to have yeah. conversations? A few. Like, uh, whenever I would go to Las Vegas and train at Impact, uh-huh. I would meet a lot of NBA guys. Uh, I talked to Isaiah Thomas before. I actually talked to Floyd May- Mayweather before because he was there watching. <laughs> right. Um, I talked to um, Maurice Spates. He Maurice actually Spates. gave me his shorts. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that was cool. I talked to Tayshaun well, Prince, Kyle Lowry. Um, but talk to him on like a real level. That was more just kind of like, yeah, hey, what's yeah. up? But um, on a real level, Danny Granger, because he was Danny from New Granger. Mexico. And, uh, every oh, yeah, he's year, from New Mexico. Yeah, he would he would come back and do his camps. And he would have me and then a couple of my high school teammates uh, be like coaches in the camp. And when we have our downtime, we're just like chilling in the room. And he, you know. he retired early too because of injuries, yeah. huh? Yeah. With his knee? His knee. Uh, but actually, in college, he had a really bad back injury oh. and had to be uh, stretched off and actually wasn't supposed to play again because he like separated a disc. And I'm uh, like, you know, one of those freak accidents went for a rebound and then a guy came from underneath and just boom. Dude, I, I just feel like we as fans are just robbed every time, you know, a player cannot. Yeah, anymore. yeah, yeah. That's you like know. Brandon Roy. Brandon Roy, like you know. it could have been right. You know, even uh, Greg Oden. Yeah, Greg right. Oden. He could have maximized potential. Right. Like, so, so many things like injuries. You know, are part of those, and how you actually pick up after that yeah. is the important thing. That's like, I want to know what you're actually doing yep. after that because if it's your passion, it turns out like, in that instance, it's taken out of you. Yep. What do you do next? Yep. Right, so it's like you you're actually preparing for life after basketball too, right? I am. I'm trying to get everything situated, but obviously, you know, like we were talking about with the music thing, mm-hmm. you know, it takes a lot of time. Uh, as as far as being able to create something that works for you, um, and and for me, it's about passive income right now. Right. You know, being able to earn money passively without having to work so hard 
to get it and, and get it coming in because I'm using all my energy for basketball. Mm-hmm. So I don't necessarily have the, the time to, you know, sit there and kind of micromanage a lot of things. So yeah. I'm trying to uh, get things into place. That way, you know, I can just earn money passively. Right. So that's where I'm at right now as far as uh, business and basketball. Just making investments in certain things. Uh, right now, uh, I'm getting into real estate. Okay, that's good. So that's my... That's my are there anyone in, in, in the league that's giving you good advice in what to do post-career? Yeah, uh, Randadel Del Campo. Okay. He, he's my teammate. And, right. You know, he has a lot of experience as far as uh, being in the, the PBA, and, and now he's towards the end of his career. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, you know, he's at that, that point where he's thinking about what's next, and he has things going on for him. So I ask him a lot, like, you know, what kind of investments are you making? Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you think this is a good idea? Right. Or, or, or things like that. And he's, he usually keeps it uh, up front with me. And, um, you know, there's Jimmy Alapog. I can always talk to him about what to do. Um, it's mostly the veteran guys. Though, yeah, that for I sure. Around the PBA. For sure. It's either the guys that are in the PBA or, um, or like, fellow Athenians. Okay. You know, then they're the ones that know me. So, like, hey, you know, what are you doing outside of basketball? You have um, teammates in Athena that are playing in the PBA. Yeah. Uh, Nico Elorde is one. Bob mm. Pesimal is one. Kiefer. Kiefer. Yeah. Um, Frank Golia. Justin Chua. Greg. Uh, Nico Sava. Oh, that's a lot. Yeah, I think Athena has the most PBA players. Yeah, um, I think Ateneo and LaSalle. LaSalle, I think, was second. So yeah. I think Sam Beto was third. There was like an article that came right, out. Yeah, yeah, with how many. It's, it's like Kentucky having yeah. the most NBA players, right? Yeah. <laughs> so that's cool. I mean, I, I'm happy to be part of that group. Like, yeah. I truly believe like the, the, the system in place, like, like with Ateneo now. Um, and I know my wife's going to hate this because she's, you know, uh, a green archer for life. Yeah. Like I've been in in the LaSalle system only for college, so it's not yeah. too much. I'm not too much attached to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I truly believe like the system that's being implemented in Ateneo is really great. Like I yeah. I, I just watched a game yesterday. Like, or yes, was that two days yesterday, two days ago, over the weekend of how they they played uh, mm-hmm. LaSalle, mm-hmm. and you know I just saw the system that they played in. It's really it's great coaching by it's great coaching by Todd Baldwin yeah it's great coaching he's got we actually had a tune up game against him before UAP Mm -hmm. started and uh, we got to see him and and like man it's it's a different game college and PBA you know college it's it's a lot more up and down there's a lot more running and and, uh, in my opinion it's a lot of unnecessary movement (laughs) (laughs) but that's just uh, but I get it it's college basketball yeah and that's how it was um Obviously, in the PBA, you're not gonna because it's raw, more, more, uh, more unpolished compared yeah. to the, the the PBA already. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, just seeing how they moved and and uh, like you said, the system, the, the system, it's, it's anchored by, uh, it's anchored by Coach Tab, and they believe in it. And when you see, uh, what type when of you system see how is they it? Play, uh, honestly, they they play in a free. It's like a, it's a non dependent system so it's like you're not de- totally reliable on one person okay like they're not totally reliable I know, yeah on 30, it's right? not like before like give the ball key for and then move, move exactly. away right it's, it's one in four it's the opposite of right. that it's like hey 
We're going to get this person the ball. We're going to make this screen so this guy has an open cut to the basket. If he doesn't have it, he's going to screen down, and there's going to be another open cut like, to the like basket. I think that that team right now can have like five players who can average 20 Double points figures. average yeah. and another team. Yeah. It's he, just oh, that easily. that's the system, right? Yeah, easily. <laughs> but when you look at their stats, they have like – Six or seven guys averaging ten getting, points, yeah, this. double figures, yeah, and it's not like eighteen, nineteen, right, right. It's like ten, twelve, fourteen, right. and fifteen. Like I know, like like thirty is not like super maximized to the point that he doesn't need to score so much right. to win a ball game for right. them. Right. Like he doesn't need to play hero ball. Like, right, I've seen like control like the game just by his. Uh, ball handling decisions, decisions. yeah, yeah. Exactly. to pass through the screens that he makes and that, honestly that's great and that's gonna help the kids in the long term mm-hmm. uh, once they make it to the next level because that's how the PBA is played is, is by decisions like everyone in the PBA was all stars on their team right. in college yeah you know, that's they're, true they're talking about all the best and most of them players. were used to being winners mm-hmm. right so then you take that and you're putting everybody on the same in the same league and you're going to be on the same team as them. So, obviously, you know that everyone can score 20 points on them right. any given night if you let them. Like, so I know for sure, like, every PBA player can be a great player if given the opportunities, yeah. right? They just have to stay hungry and ready for it. Like, right. Like, it's the Jeremy Lin effect, mm-hmm. right? He was right. ready when you're given that opportunity, right? Yeah. You know, overnight, you know, you, a new star can be born right. if you just stay ready. Right. And then, but I'm a firm believer in, in uh, and also being active while you wait. It's like you may, it may not be your, your time now, right? But you know, you can be active in, you know, getting better because what is that? Uh, preparation comes face to face with opportunity. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you're, right. if you keep preparing and you're prepared, like that. once that opportunity comes, all that preparation is going to just come Preparation in, you said something. Uh, preparation. Preparation comes face to face with opportunity opportunity. right it's it's same thing as I as I mentioned before we're in you know um, you have a business idea Mm -hmm. it's all just an idea Mm -hmm. but then when you plan on doing it and then the time comes that you have an investor that's there you have a game plan you can show him like yeah this is what we're gonna do and this is the product Mm -hmm. this is what we're looking at you have it all ready. Mm-hmm. It's not just in your head. You have something to present. Mm-hmm. It means being ready. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, you have an idea? Okay, show me something. Mm-hmm. Like here. Here. I'm prepared. Right. And then, It's the same thing like with business. Like, yeah. That's what I did with some of my businesses. Like yeah. I didn't have funding for most of my businesses. Mm-hmm. What I did was I prepared for it during the time when someone was looking to invest on a business. Mm-hmm. I presented it like, mm-hmm. with an actual product mm-hmm. that you can actually sell. And how, here's what we're gonna do. Here's what I'm gonna say. It's opportunity. Yep. Yeah. Once that opportunity comes, then that's when you'll see how prepared you are. Yes. Yeah. You, and, your preparation for yeah. it. Correct. And um, you know, I I kind of go back to uh, our finals against Hanebra, where, you know, I thought I was ready to win a championship, mm-hmm. and if we would have won that championship, I would have had a false kind of confidence of myself. So. I look at it like, you know what, it's a good thing I didn't win that championship. What was that false confidence? Uh, like, for example, we win the championship, and all of a sudden I think what I did up until that point was good enough. Like, it's given me a confirmation, so it's given me a false conf- uh, confidence of myself. But in reality, my skill set was not ready. 
I look back on it all the time. I watch the film. Like, no, my, my skill set wasn't ready for it. So me losing is what helped me realize that I didn't prepare well enough. Were you one of the leaders of that team during that finals? Yes. Okay. So there was even time, there was a time where, you know, I was trusted to take a last shot. Mm-hmm. You know, where that determines win or lose. Win or and lose. I missed. Yeah. That's what made me realize, like, you know, you weren't prepared enough. Because I realized in myself that I wasn't calm in that situation. I wasn't 100% confident in that situation. I just kind of threw it up and, and hoped for the best. So if it goes in, that's, that's chamba. <laughs> and I'm like, dang, that's like, dang, I, I you like, know, I, that's I just, why some some players don't rejoice after after they make the game winning shot because mm-hmm. they already know yeah. it's going in. They so, know it's like yeah. it's supposed to go in. So for some people, it's like, yeah, it's yeah, great, it's like, but okay, for him, oh, like I I know it's 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 going in. Yeah. So in that situation, it's like that's the failure that I needed in order for, to push me to be better prepared right wow so it's like now i know now uh when i go to practice i'm doing that shot you know hundreds and hundreds of times because that is what i wasn't prepared for last time that i will be prepared for next time right so next time we have a finals and you know i have the game on the line i know what i'm gonna do or i know what i'm prepared for right and it's like is are there like um goals you want to reach well, in the PBA, like, you know, Defensive Player of the Year, MVP. Yeah. Besides a championship, of course. Uh, yeah, I want to be, I want to be able to be a, you know, a finals MVP. That's, that's mm-hmm. great. I want to be the best player of the conference. Okay. You know, that's hard to do when you got somebody like June Mar. Yeah, you know, dominating the league. That's, killing. yeah. But it's a challenge and, you know, I'm, I'm at the point where it's like, why not? You know, why not challenge him? Somebody has to try to dethrone him, so... Like have that, you had an opportunity be to be in the, the mythical team? No. So it's kind of hard um, because of the team that I play for. Mm-hmm. I play for Morocco. We're a smaller market team. Nobody really likes us, fan, fan base-wise. So it's hard for me to get all-star votes. It's hard oh. for me to get uh, media votes. Right. Um, a lot of those other things that come into play when you're talking about uh, teams like that. So... Now I've made it up in my head that that's how it is. It's not going to change. Yeah. So I have to be so good that right, if they I'm take right, notice, I'm right in your face, like right. I'm going to be here averaging twenty something points, ten rebounds, right. and like six like, assists. Like it's like Russell Westbrook. He's in OKC. O- o- OKC. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't that great. No, mm-hmm. no one take notice of him, mm-hmm. right? So now it's at that point where that's what I have to do, um, in order for me to be. Uh, Instead of you just, you know, just letting it go, it's like, yeah, it's just, you, you making excuses. Yeah, no, like, I, I'm not that type of person, <laughs> so uh, I'm definitely going to go out there and, you know, I'm going to make it known that I'm a, I'm a, I'm a beast, I'm a hooper, right, like, yeah. I'm going to go out there and hoop and that's what I do, and so I put in the preparation for it, if I fail, that means I got to prepare more, Right. and, you know, just keep on going until it works, because that's all I know. That's all I know is how to work hard. And uh, if you want something that you really have to work to go get it. Right. And even when you do get it, that shouldn't change anything. You should continue to For be sure. better every single day. For sure. So something that I've done, I do a lot of little things to change my mentality. Like I've, I've formed a lot of good habits because of certain things that I've done, uh, certain changes in my careers. For example, before, uh, before basketball games, you know, people don't normally, like, they like to rest, right? So right. they give everything in the game. 
Whereas I, I've adapted the mindset that it's like, okay, before my practices, which are like three hours long, I'll go in early and I do like a whole series of shooting drills and, and a whole workout. Yeah. Right. So I, I'm starting to think, why does I have to change on game day? You know? Right. And then, and I, it made sense to me. It's like, it doesn't. So now every game day in the morning, I'll go and I'll do the same shooting routine that I would before practice. And then I show up to the game and I can play the whole game right. like ready to go. Because once that game's done, whether I did good or bad, that morning session is what I look at. And I'm like, hey, I did my work today. I got better than I did yesterday, whether I played good or bad. And after that game, I'm going to wake up the next morning and I'm still going to do the same thing because it's, it literally is the same thing. Right. Just because I played good doesn't mean I slack off the next day. Right. Just because I did bad doesn't mean I mope around and not go in the next day and do extra work. So that's the, so just having that mindset carries over onto the court. And again, and again, that's another example of behind the scenes work that yeah. people do they to become successful yeah. at what they do. That's not what the do. byproduct that I, we as fans view you mm-hmm. like on the highlights, you know, we mm-hmm. see you on the highlights, you know, making great shots right. and all, all, all these things. But what did you do like that morning mm-hmm. or the day before mm-hmm. that, that, doesn't go documented they don't know. And I, or without any commentator exactly. <laughs> and I never post it on social media right. I mean like I'll do like maybe like a photo but I'll never post that I'm working uh-huh. out I'll <laughs> never like because I don't want people to know right in a sense I want you to know but I don't want you to know yeah, yeah. I want you to know because it's like yeah at least you know that whenever you're playing against me I work harder yeah than you're me. gonna you're going up against a beast or somebody right. that does it rather than you know I'm a you like you don't know who I am or what I do, so I don't know. There's a there's a fine line between that. Nice, you know, but I enjoy it <laughs> for sure. Yeah, you I do. Because if you didn't, you'd be out of the league. Yeah, I think I fell in love with the process. Yeah, uh, more than the the gratification of winning yeah. and losing. Process more than the proceeds. Yes, for sure. And I think once I I have uh, come to terms with that. And accepted that that's what that's what really matters and going back to what we started out with is, is making that choice you know you make that choice to to live your life this certain way yeah and everything else is going to work out in the like every way that you dream you just have to manifest it yourself for sure and manifestations don't happen by just wishing right you know you actually have to go out there and, and put energy into what it is that you want to manifest right and that's kind of how everything works out. You know what's what's great about you know being an athlete and a professional is that you get paid for playing a sport mm-hmm. that you absolutely love mm-hmm. to do. You know, and people in in some work don't even like what they're doing, yep. but they're getting paid for it. And they're but you, hours. You, the value because the thing is, you're giving value in return. Yeah value you bring is entertainment yes. for people yes you know we're not like here to, to learn like we're here to get entertained mm-hmm. by your performance mm-hmm. like how great you are mm-hmm. right so that's what you're being paid for like your skill Correct. just entertaining to people Correct. it's what people pay tickets for to yeah. watch you guys yeah. right yeah. sponsors you know putting money for you guys yeah. to perform the highest level yeah. that we can get right yeah but the only part where you uh, with basketball, where I see a lot of people lose the passion, is through uh, politics. 
people lose the, the passion for basketball um, through politics because like and like for example in the game itself there's politics in the game yeah, itself for sure. there's politics and I'm even aware. even I'm aware. Um, even like in your team there's politics yeah you know, like preference getting, mm-hmm. someone's getting more playing time over yeah. you why yeah just and because then. there's a a relationship mm-hmm. that's closer mm-hmm. yeah I understand that like so. uh, I I've, I've heard so many stories of those from from past PBA players yeah. sharing those stories where you know it's a player preference by the coach mm-hmm. speak of the, because they have a better relationship with that player mm-hmm. and it kills their passion for it which I hate to see that but in my ment- in my personal mentality I would like I would do whatever I need to do in order to get on the court yeah. if there's someone in front of me I will analyze everything that person in front of me is doing and I'll analyze how to stop it and I'll analyze how I can be better and give you right. more value and then at that point I will expose it to the coach like, right I'd be like, oh, let's see, line them up. Let's see who can make nine out of ten jump shots. <laughs> and like, uh, you know, it's kind of like a challenge, but right. Um, that's it's, it's not like you know you're trying to destroy someone else's reputation no, no, or it's not who they are at all. But it's just showcasing that you have more to offer. Yes, that's better. Correct. You know. Correct. And then it's all about value proposition that you bring. And you got to know your worth. Yeah. Uh, you got to know know your worth and value uh, what you're fighting for. Because like if you really want it, then you're gonna fight for it. Whereas yeah, for if, sure. Uh, if you know you're just okay with it, you're you going with the flow. Yeah, you're going with the flow. Then you know that also leaves the door open for people to you know kind of screw you over or give you the short end of the stick. Yeah. And yeah. when you know your value, then you know you'll put your foot down and you'll be like, no, you'll stand up for yourself. Yeah. That's very important. Um, whether it's business, yeah. or Whether it's uh, sports, or sports. Too. You know, you gotta know your worth. Yeah, I mean, sports is a business. Like I, I treat everything as, more than as, as, as a business, right? <laughs> like more you know, but I, I, I think like you know, players, um, treat it as like an occupation. That's mm-hmm. why they just clock in, mm-hmm. clock out. Mm-hmm. They practice, they play, they're out. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just clockwork for some of them. Yeah. Because it's it's a livelihood. That's the hard part of building an organization. Why? Uh, that's the difference between a college program and an organization. Mm, yeah. Because when you look at a college program, they're they're given everything because they want to win. Yeah. When you're talking about an organization, like you said, that's somebody's livelihood, that's someone's job. So people tend to get complacent once they have a job, leading back to security, right? Right. So they're like, hey, you know, I have a job here, I can be a practice player here for, you know, how many years? And I was yeah. like, I'm fine with that. So that's that's cool. I'll just chill. And be a practice player and they're, yeah and they're, I know some practice players that actually do that right and they're just like okay I'm fine with that at least I'm getting paid every month and right. it's like okay that's being complacent whereas you know you should be like figuring out how am I not going to be a practice player so and that be way, on a rotation team and be on a team and and be part of the starting five right. and you know get paid for, for those that don't know what's a practice player so a practice player is whenever you are on the official roster, but you're the reserve. And normally what they use you for is uh, to go against your starters. Yeah. Because challenge you them. Yeah, you want to challenge the starters. Normally the practice players will run the opponent's offense because they have, uh, there's like a, a coach that has all the plays of the opponent and they <laughs> teach the, 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 the practice players. And, you know, basically their job is to... React. Uh, yeah, react. Yeah, yeah. Play, play how the opponent is 
and simulate what it would okay. be to go against it. Yeah, but how many team? How many players are there on a team? Basically, so you got fifteen, 15 that can suit up. and then the practice players are around. You get about five. So they're number sixteen to twenty. Yep. I thought. I thought what you're saying. Okay. And normally, uh, normally you won't use all fifteen. Yeah, for sure. So some people you can suit out fifteen, but majority of teams will only go 12 to 13 people yeah, deep. Yeah, at max, even and, in garbage time. Mm -hmm. And then, so that, that's where the other uh, the other players come in where, you know, maybe someone's injured. Yeah, and you bring somebody in. Yeah, you bring somebody in or, um, yeah, so like someone gets sick or someone's not playing well, okay. things like that. That's how that kind of works. All right. Okay, one last thing I want to sure. talk to you about is I saw something on your bio. It says, uh, it's it's another account and when I open it it's yeah. something different uh, from what you actually do yeah. it's uh, I am something new yes talk, uh, talk to me about that one sure okay so um, yeah I kind of started a, a self brand called I am something new mm -hmm. and what it is it's actually uh, my personal brand because I wanted to leave a message to people that um, you know are inspired by me mm -hmm. um, this all kind of went down in its own strange way, and I believe like things kind of work out uh, the way they're supposed to if right. you uh, if you're open to receiving it as such. So going back into my history, I was actually nervous, and not necessarily nervous, is non-accepting to the fact that I was a public uh, role model. Okay. So public like people, figure. yeah, like people look at me and be like, "Idol, idol!" Like, "Oh my yeah, God, yeah. you're so great!" Blah blah blah. Yeah. Like, no, no, like it's okay. Like I'm not. Uh, you know, I'm just regular guy. Yeah. You know, I'm trying my best to be great. You know, I'm you're not putting like a spotlight. Yeah. So I was always kind of, I never accepted that. I never uh, really liked the fact of being that type of person. Uh, it just wasn't in my nature. So uh, I came to terms with that and I've actually learned to accept it. You know, after being in the PBA for so long, I've accepted the fact that you know, kids look up to me for yes, reals. For like sure. they, they see what I do, and and you know that that's the driving force for them. You know, like that I can go down the street and you will hear a kid like, "Oh, Chris lives home," and I'm like, "What the heck? That's so cool!" Like, <laughs> you know, just act pretending to be me because I were, I was once that kid pretending right. to be an NBA guy. So, you know, when I once I came to, came to the terms that you know these people really look up to me, mm -hmm. and then we'll have games in the province or maybe I'm just walking around yeah. and people always like. Hey, I do a jersey, socks, yeah. uh, shorts, something, anything, yeah. right? And I'm like, I'm sorry, like, I, jerseys are like too expensive to have a bunch of them, and I don't get a lot of them like that. So it's not like I can give out jerseys <laughs> like that, or, or shirts cost a lot, uh, like a lot to make in a sense. But um, you know, I wanted to be able to impact people, even though I can't personally give them like that that one-on-one -on -one interaction for as long as I could. Yeah. So that simple one split second that I get to meet somebody for sure could mean the a world whole, to them. A whole world, world of difference. Exactly. So I for realized sure. that and I've accepted and came to terms with that, which is why I decided to come up with the brand, right? Mm -hmm. So um, uh, I'm a Christian. Uh, I grew up a Christian and, mm -hmm. you know, I was going through uh, some things and, you know, this Bible verse just came up to me once. And it's, uh, it's talking about how when you accept uh, Christ as your Lord and Savior, then you become a new creature. You know, the old is now uh, gone and you become something new. Right. And I was just like, boom, clicked right away. And I was like, wait a minute. That's, 
you know, my last name's Newsome. Newsome. You know, it worked out with the wordplay, and something I'm just like, new. I'm like, cool. That's something that I can I can give to people that right. they can hold on to. It's like, yeah. hey, not necessarily the the Christianity portion of it. That's a small portion of it, but just what they can take away. I actually have ballers. I don't have them with me mm. now, but it says I am something new on the baller, and uh, so I wear those ballers because when I do interact with people, it's like, here, you can have this baller. Baller costs like two pesos a minute, yeah, and yeah. it's like cool. Like that person can have it, and then they look at it, and it's like I'm something new. And then whenever you read that, you can literally form that in any kind of way that you want. But there's only one direction that it'll lead you, right. you know. So it's like I'm something new. You can say it over and over and over, and then eventually you'll say you'll you'll get what it means. Um, and what my message is to people is that I want them to realize that no matter what circumstances you're in. No matter what background you have, financial status, or anything like that, there is always an opportunity to become something new. There is always an opportunity to be better than you were yesterday. Nice. So that is my message: is that no matter where you are in life, tomorrow is a new day. Right. Tomorrow you can be something completely different than you, you were you today. You could be something for fifty years. Right. And the next day, be something different the day exactly. after. Exactly. And um. You know, the response I got once I started uh, making T-shirts and the ballers and things like that, it was just crazy because, you know, uh, people love something that they can uh, relate to. And so I started getting emails and things like that of people that are like, hey, I just got a divorce with my wife. And, mm -hmm. you know, your message actually is helping me to get over her and, right. and, and awesome. lead into a new direction. And awesome. another guy, another person was like, yeah, my dad <laughs> just passed away. And, um, you know, I wanted to buy your shirt and your baller just to kind of, uh, as a reminder that, yeah. you know, he, he's gone and, you know, I, I need to be a new person. Uh, you know, I need to, you know, begin a new life and yeah. things like that. And it was just so weird. Like the, the other <laughs> night I was actually in the club in, uh, in Revel and a kid comes up to me. He's like, yo, I have something new. And he's like, bro, thank you. Like, <laughs> he's like, uh, I bought one of your ballers and, and, you know, it just means so much, man. Like. And so getting that response from people, it's, it's such a great feeling because I didn't think, I never thought that I could impact somebody's life like that. And, yeah, and uh, sure. to the point where, you know, someone even emailed me and was like, do you mind if I get it tattooed? Yeah. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's crazy, but cool. Like if it means that much, sure, please do. And, um, so, you know, just having that whole purpose of, of knowing that, I wanted to put something out there before other people got to. Like, I wanted people to know what I stand for before people could label me as something else. Right. So I, did, I took the initiative, came up with something, found it. Uh, it, it. Like I said, it had a good ring to it, had the wordplay, had the meaning, had everything behind it, and just decided to go with it. Um, like, as far as I, from that, I can take that. That's my message that I can take anywhere. Um, so I actually, how it started is I started doing um, talks, motivational speeches and nice. talks to um, elementary, uh, elementary school kids. Uh -huh. um, I've been to LaSalle Green Hills a few times and did some talks there. And uh, basically, I, I just started doing those talks and labeled it I Am Something New also. And I would give out the ballers and the shirts. And, and you know, it's just a kind of my way of of giving my message out to whoever I can, that's, um, that's, whether, like I said, it's one person or it's a thousand people. If I can just affect that one person or, or help that one person come out of maybe they're in depression mm -hmm. and, you know, that message saying like, I am something new. It's like, maybe that's that, 
that's just the message they need to turn their life around. Right. And, you know, just doing something like that, there's nothing that money could buy that will give me the same amount of gratitude. For sure. I mean, the f- fact that you're doing something that, that provides value for other people, which is, you know, um, to give them a renewed sense of life. Yeah. Just for themselves. Mm-hmm. Cannot be, like, there, there, there's, there could not be any price for it. Mm-hmm. You could you could not put a price mm-hmm. on what you you bring in. It's one of I think one of the most selfless things to do is to give more 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 of yourself yep. than for yourself yep. to others. Like yeah. giving giving yourself to others without asking anything in return. Right, it's one of the greatest things to like a human person can Indeed. actually do. Yeah, however it can be. I'm all for that. I I know that. Uh, humans are meant to serve. Like yes, we're we're servants to, not just you know like if you're if you're into religion, you're not service. Uh, we're not servants to just God, but we're servants to each other. Right. You know we're supposed to help one another. Yes. And, and we're supposed to make each other better. And as a community, we're supposed to do better. Right. And and just stand for something. And I believe in that one hundred percent. It's like if you're not helping each other, then you are being selfish. You know, you I are think, just thinking about yourself. I think just the, the fact that, you know, the word kindness is so overly misused nowadays. Mm-hmm. Like, a person's definition of kindness is different from what it was back then to now. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, real kindness that you can pass on to people to make their day, you know, doing something small, like, yeah. you know, you helping an old lady cross the street or mm-hmm. helping someone... You know, carry stuff, or you know, whatever it is, like you know, just kindness and understanding, like yeah. kindness to other that you can give to people while asking something in return, like you know, you help already cross the street, mm-hmm. but then you didn't ask me for money, mm-hmm. right? There's nothing in it for you. I think the one thing <laughs> that you're right, the one thing that I actually uh, make a point to do is, um, you know, when when I go into Morocco, you know, you see all the employees that work there, right? But not everyone says like says anything to them, whereas I make a uh, I make a point that you know I'll say hi to the guard. Yeah. I'll say if I'm there in the morning, I say good morning. Yeah, like, it's gonna they, make their day. Yeah, the employees sitting there, like hey, good morning, good morning, how are you guys? Maybe they're having a bad day, but then just that energy of me, you know, yeah. sending positive good morning to you might change it a little bit. I don't know if it like will if, or not. If but I'm for you to be selfish first is to be happy. Yeah. For yourself. Yes. If you're happy by yourself, yeah. without anything, like without relying on anyone or anything, mm-hmm. like being happy yourself, mm-hmm. that's the time you're able to, to spread it out. Yes. Like yes, that's right. that's the greatest thing ever. That's like I came to a point in my life that you know I I just felt really happy. Correct. <laughs> with with whatever happens to me in my life, like you know I have lofty expectations for myself. I have goals and aspirations. I have high high expectations for myself in my life but you know I'm gonna try trying to mm-hmm. do that but mm-hmm. at the end of the day the most important thing is my happiness because my happiness is something I can share yep. see everyone not just my knowledge or whatever I learned you know yep. it's just bonus but you know just being able to uh, empathize to people that, that what they're going through you know you can and you yep. can pass on that good feeling yeah. to others just you know without asking anything in return that's the key 
And I think the other key is, is what you said is um, like you're not, you don't have to go out of your comfort zone to to share that happiness, but you do have to be happy yourself. Yeah. Like you have to be uh, comfortable with yourself, or else you can't help you can't help others until you help. It's yourself. it's like you know loving someone else when you don't know even how how to love yourself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like some some people don't even know their their worth anymore because you know they're giving so much of themselves that they so can't forget themselves as well. Yeah. Like so, it know. is good to be selfish. Yeah, but there's you have uh, to be selfish and selfless at the same at time. At the same time. You know, yeah. you're selfish to the point that you want to learn so many things in life mm-hmm. above all. And then you're selfless because you want to share all those things that you learn. Correct. Right. You you want to amass so much knowledge that, you know, you're absorbing everything as selfish as you can. And then you're just there and you give it back. Yep. You're passing it on. You'll be selfish if you don't. Yeah. You'll be selfish if you don't. Like if you, I mean, I'm I'm a, I'm a fan of people who are executors, like people who actually Doers. execute things, yeah. rather than someone that teaches, yeah. but then doesn't actually practice it. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm uh, talking about so many things that you know I'm not gonna say things that I don't even practice. Yeah, you can't talk to me if, if no you don't no. practice what you preach. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not a believer. I, like like I have a hard like, time. Like even in sports, same thing. Like you know, you're gonna teach him about shooting. You can't mm-hmm. even shoot yourself. Mm-hmm. Like you know, it's it's hard. It's hard. it's hard. That's why you know, I'm I'm a firm believer in following someone that actually has executed, yeah. has done it correctly, mm-hmm. you know, rather than someone teaching me that hasn't yeah. done it or even practiced it. And that's why that uh, that mentalism, right, is really important because yeah, that's, that's why the from. names of the people you said your your mentors yeah. who are in the you know tail end of their career or retired have been executors, mm-hmm. Jimmy. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Rayno, uh, Ranidel, yeah. all 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 these guys that you mentioned, yeah. you know, have executed a lot of these things on and off the court for right. sure. And I've seen it, like, <laughs> like I see, I see the evidence of it. Right. So yeah, I get that. All right. And anything you you want to tell uh, viewers you know, asking asking you for advice, you know, your, your or advice, anything. On, um, basically, I kind of said it. Do. I kind of said it with my uh, "I'm something new" speech that you know you can do anything that you want to do. I always tell my sisters and and my my family that uh, you know if you want it, you go get it. You know, figure it out what it takes to to do it, and then just go get it. Um, and I I really think that finding your purpose is crucial so uh, in life. Like once you find out what your purpose is, like like I said uh, earlier in the interview, once I found out that um, and and accepting your purpose, I think that's also being it too. Because some people might fight it um, because they want to be something else, but their calling is for for something different. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so once you accept your purpose, like for example, I accepted the fact that I was a basketball player. Right. That enabled me to to take that acceptance, and now I'm able to impact. You know, a, a wide variety of people. Not if just inside the game, but outside yeah, the game. outside the game. If I didn't accept it, then I'm keeping it to myself. And, you know, I'm, again, I'm being selfish. So uh, accepting your purpose is actually crucial for you because it will enable you to impact the other people that you care about and the people around you. 
uh, when you have your purpose, that's your anchor and that will keep you uh, grounded and that will keep you humble and at, at the same time, it will keep you hungry because you're always going to come right. back for more. Right. And um, all that is, is through your purpose. If you haven't found your purpose yet, I definitely recommend that you try things. Don't be scared to try things. Go out there and make mistakes. Go out there and, and you know, if you're going to look like a fool, go ahead. There's, <laughs> like, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. You know, embarrassment is only temporary. Yeah. Um, actually, all situations, for that matter, is only temporary. So you might as well gain as much experience as you can and uh, go out saying that you tried your best rather than not trying at all. And I think uh, if you have that, no one can knock you and you can be at peace with yourself. And honestly, being at peace with yourself is... Uh, that is what people call happiness in, in life. And that's something that you don't get from anybody else. You don't get from anything or object. It comes from you. Right. Peace, is from, peace comes from within. Awesome. That's it. Thank you. Yes, thank sir. you so much, bro. Thank appreciate you your time. Man, it was appreciate great. your time. It was great. It. Yeah, thank you for your time, too. <laughs> Let me know when there's another episode. I for sure. I can stop by. I'd love to stop by. All right. Thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Please visit anchor.fm slash show to view the entire list of platforms where you can listen to the show. For any comments, reactions, or whatever you want to say, send it to show on Instagram or on my account at antonioaguirre.jr. And I'll make sure to respond to all of your messages. This is Life Deck, signing off.